Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Hardy, the senior pastor of Royalty House International, Peter Maritzburg. Reverend Daniel Hardy has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. I'll be ready at the 
Aleluya Wow How many of you are ready for the work of God? Whether you are 20, whether you are 30, whether you are 40 You should be ready for the work of God Whether you are 15 You should be ready for the war Hallelujah Somebody say amen Wonderful. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your mighty, mighty Holy Spirit. We welcome him in this place to teach, to preach, and to minister. Let everybody under the sound of my voice receive an impartation. I curse every evil spirit here present. And I declare only the Holy Spirit will have free course this place. We give you glory, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated in the presence of God. I don't know why you always put Imzi next to Zolile. It either amplifies Zolile's height or otherwise. (laughs) Thank you very much. I don't know. I don't know why. Hallelujah. Well, you are welcome to this beautiful service. I know God has something for all of us. Amen. Let's put our hands together for all the people who ministered. All right. If the instrumentalist can settle down, it will be a good idea. Great. Matthew chapter 16, we are reading from verse 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you are John the Baptist, others say you are Elias, and others, Jeremiah. And some say you are one of the prophets. And he asked them, who do ye say that the son of man is? And Peter answering said unto him, Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to Peter, Thou, Peter, son of Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say unto you, upon you I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. This is the piece of scripture for our discussion, like I said, for a couple of weeks. And two weeks ago, I started by letting you know that as we build the church, God is planning to give us the keys of the kingdom. Keys represent access. And sometimes there are things in the kingdom, not everybody can access them. I see you receiving keys so that you can access things. Hallelujah. And he said, I will also give you one of the things I will give you is authority. So that whatsoever you bind on this earth will indeed be bound in heaven. And what you lose also will be loosed in heaven. It's like anything you say heaven will authorize it. Just Sunday I was talking to some pastors and they were complaining that some prophets are taking their church members and because they don't have a prophetic unction, it's, I mean, they are just teachers. Then I said, you know, back up a bit. 
Who told you you don't have a prophetic unction? You are God's mouthpiece. So whatever you say, it comes to pass. God confirms it. So I told them from today, don't tell yourself again that you don't have a prophetic unction. Just say the thing and leave it to God. God will do it. After some time, you will begin to see that many of the things you have been saying are coming to pass. And when you see them come to pass, then that's when people also go off. Then they start calling themselves prophets and prophetesses. And by this, this, I mean, these glimpses of the so-called giftings, people have run amok the church of God. Hallelujah. So I pray. So I told them, be bold and make a declaration. God will confirm what you are saying. But God said, I'll give you authority. So when you say something, it will come to pass. Heaven will endorse. I see heaven endorsing what you say. Good. But I said, Jesus said to Peter, I am building my church. The reason why I'm building the church is that I'm building so that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, as a church, I told you last two weeks that our number one enemy is not the ANC. Neither is it the EFF. It's not the press. Our number one opposition is the devil. As we are building, the devil aims to destroy what we are building. And he, he has seven favorite demons which he assigns to a church. Those are different from demons that attack individual people. But if it's a church you are building, expect these seven evil spirits to rise up. Donne, it's good to see you. Good. And I shared with you the first evil spirit, which is called the spirit of disloyalty. The spirit of disloyalty is the first demon. So as we are building, I mean, this is our weekday service. It's somebody's, it's somebody's Sunday service. Yeah. Do you know that up to the middle of the church, where um, yoga is sitting, that's a, it's 160. Do you know that? No, did you know that? Not the back, right? I mean, in front of Merlin. Anybody sitting from Merlin coming forward. This, this side, from Merlin coming forward, and this side, that's 160. Yeah. We've intentionally arranged it that way so that when you're in the church, you think that there are no people in the church, so that we press on to fill the church. But that's 160. And so, that's somebody's church that he has made himself a bishop over. And this is a Tuesday evening, not a Sunday morning. Do you get it? So, God is blessing the church. However, we must guard the church against these things that the devil uses to destroy the church. And I said, I'm sharing with you seven of them. And I asked you for 12 Tuesdays. So far, I've used only one. I have 11. One down, 11 to go. So I said, the first demon is the spirit of disloyalty. And we looked at the various stages. I said, disloyalty doesn't happen overnight. Nobody goes to bed and wakes up the next day and is disloyal. The, everybody who becomes disloyal goes through a process. Hallelujah. And I showed you eight stages of disloyalty. I said number one is the spirit of independence, which perhaps is the main step 
or stage. Because that is what preempts everything or triggers off the spirit. Independence. And I said an independent person is somebody who is part of a group, yet is autonomous to the group. And we, we, we explain autonomous as somebody who operates by his own rules. I'm part of the group. The choir, you say it's called olives. Today they are wearing what? Red and black. And white and blue for the guys. Now, the olives are a good case study. Okay, the olives, I don't have anything against you. I, I, I love you. I, you, make, you make the, when you were single, I took a picture of you, I sent it to Bishop Live. Yeah. But it's like you are part of the olives. And you decide that, as for me, well, although I'm a girl, I feel like white and blue. Because the last time the olives were singing, they were wearing white and blue. I didn't get my chance to wear it. So I'm going to wear it this Tuesday. Yes. Yes, I'm going to wear it this week. So if the leader doesn't decide that we are wearing white and blue, dolly dolly, tell your neighbor dolly dolly. I'm wearing white and blue. Meanwhile, you are a girl. Dolly, dolly means verily, verily. When you read the Bible, you see verily, verily, I say unto you. That's it. Dolly, dolly, I say unto you. Or if you bring it into our language, no more can I like. Yeah, no more Yeah. So we have people in the church who do not operate by the rules of the church. And this is where it all starts from. Then we start to go on a journey. Sometimes people even become independent by assuming a certain spirituality. You get it? It's like a certain or an apparent spirituality. There's a reason why we let them do a lot of singing. There's a reason. Oh, me, I want to pray. No, me, I feel very spiritual. So, as we, I have had people like that in the church. This church. Now, don't let your mind go anywhere. This church. I've been here long enough to have enough windows from this church. I've had people like that. When we are singing, it's like the, a certain spirit is upon them. Then they are at the back praying in tanks. Ah, why are you surprised? Are you not here with me in the church? They are at the back praying in tanks. Because what we are doing is unspiritual. When you didn't have these singers, how many people were coming for weekday service? Didn't we have just 30 people coming for weekday service? I said, are you ready to go on this journey? Because this journey is free your mind church service. We had just 30 people coming. Bishop called me one day. He said, let's stop having weekday service. I said, no, I can do something to change the weekday service. Yeah. He said, let's close. Let's not have Tuesday service again. So that, because it's just the shepherd. I said, brother, don't worry. I can do something. I'll change this whole weekday service. You'll be shocked. When he came, he saw that he, he couldn't believe it. He almost read on himself. <laughs> yeah. When, you, when we didn't have all this thing, we had 30 people coming for weekday service. Look, the whole place is full. Said, you are so spiritual. I mean, some apparent spirituality, I don't even know where it comes from. 
Like this singing that play ready at 20, I'll be ready at 20. Meanwhile, I'm 37, so the song has nothing to do with me. So I'm at the back and I'm speaking in tongues. My God. I'm at the back and I'm speaking in tongues. I'm speaking in tongues. I, I think you should have st- sung speaking in tongues so that it caters for that group also. Sure. So they are part of the group. Yet, they are not bound by the rules of the group. Today I was having a chat with Bishop. We are discussing something really important. And I just decided to show it to Leah. To just show her an example. He said, let's do one, two, three, four. That's not really what I want to do. But what he said, I said, okay, let's do it. I agree with you. Then he asked a question. What do you think? I said, oh, if you have asked what do I think, then I can tell you, okay, how about we doing this, that, that, and this? I said, okay, maybe let's do it this way. Then we reach a conclusion. But to start with, I just want you to know that whatever you say we should do, whether I agree with it or not, that's what we are doing. I just want you, before you even go further in this discussion, just know you are the bishop. What you want us to do, that's what we are doing. Simple and short. Sometimes you have people in the system. Look, we are not novice pastors. Let's say it today. Do, do you get it? It's not my first time. It's, it's not my first time at all. So it's like they are trying to teach you as the pastor what should be done. Let's go for it. Tell your neighbor, let's go for it. It's just Tuesday. Let's go for it. I pray that every independent spirit that is in us will die so that God can use us to build an army. Yeah. So we looked at all the stages and the end is, the end of every disloyal person is execution. All the famous disloyal people in the Bible were executed. It's left with only one person. One person, his name is Satan. And we are, that guy, we are leaving him for the last show. Because every, every movie, they leave the bad guy. What do you call the bad guy? In, in Ghana, we call him the killer. What do you call him in South Africa? No, not, the, not, not Jack Bauer, the other one. The, the bad guy. Mpulan. Uh-huh. We leave the Mpulan for the last end. When they kill the Impulani, then the movie comes to an end. So Satan, he's the last rebel and we are leaving him for the last show where Jesus will come in the battle called the Amagidon and destroy him and chain him for the last time. Yeah. Now, as a church, how do we combat the spirit? I want to share with you quickly and then we close. My time is even up before I started. As a church, we need to create a culture of allegiance. A culture of allegiance. What's a culture? A culture is a way of behavior, a way of thinking, a way that things are done in a particular place. A way of thinking and a way of doing things in a particular place. way of thinking. So, if it's a choir, the choir has a way of thinking. If it's a church, the church has a way of thinking the way things are done in the church. If the church has a bad culture, the church will be destroyed. You go to some churches, they have a church, the culture of equalizing their leaders. 
So they have no respect for the leaders. Everybody is the same. Yeah. Every, in our church, we don't have that culture. Bishop is in Madagascar. He doesn't pastor here. He doesn't come here. His chair is still empty. We can't say that. I mean, there's no scripture saying, thou shalt not sit here. There's no padlock. He hasn't locked the chair. But you, he's, he actually told me, rearrange the chairs, sit anywhere you want to sit. But how, how many of you have seen that? Unless there's a vista here, the chair is empty. Always. I just, I mean, here, if you sit here, you see everything the same. Even the center is better than the side. It's the same. It always empty. Always empty. Yeah. Always empty. It's a culture. It's a mindset. We said we were talking to a pastor who was bishop and myself, and I mean, we went to visit his church. I mean, Muligani is what? So we told him, even bishop said, I mean, I did it. Bishop is the one who even brought my attention to it. My chair in the church is still empty. Nobody sits on it because he sees from the pictures. It's not like we are trying to impress him. I'm just telling you. So we told the guy, even the chair that he, Bishop, he now pastors in Madagascar. He doesn't come to church here. His chair and his wife's chair, they are still empty. The guy, could, he almost fell out of his chair. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. It's a culture, it's a way that we think. And that's one of the ways that protects the leaders that we have in the church. We can also have a culture that fights disloyalty. A culture as a church that fights this evil spirit. You can have a culture in the church. This church, we have a culture of giving. It's a good culture. We have a culture of loving one another. I mean, the guys who had their wedding last Sunday, all they did was to appear for the wedding. Everything else we did as a church, all of us together, we put it together. Somebody did decoration, somebody brought muffins, somebody brought kebabs. It's a good culture. We also need to develop a culture that fights against disloyalty. Yeah, a culture. Allegiance just means what you belong to, what you align yourself to. So a culture that aligns you to something as a church. And it's important that we be, not just here at Apache, at all our churches. Yeah, I should feel the same way when I enter Popomeni, um, what's the name of it? Woodlands, France. It's the same. I, I shouldn't go to France and explain, you know something, or sweet waters, you know something, I'm the head pastor, okay? No. As soon as I get there, it should be there. I mean, there was a group of people, Bishop was advising them yesterday. He told the leader, your work is only done when you have been able to let the people connect properly with Reverend Daniel. Until then, all the things you are bragging about, they are useless. That's what he told the, the, the person. All eh, about that and the church on Sunday. So it's, yeah, yes, it's good. Clap for you. You have done well. But until you are able to get them to connect with the head pastor, your work is not done. But if we create that culture in the church, immediately the church will become a watertight, airtight church. I see this church becoming watertight and airtight. Keys to creating this culture. Quickly, we run through it and we close. Key number one is called the key of the north wind. This is a very wild key. Because this is the easiest key 
to deploy. The key of the north wind. Proverbs 25, 23, the Bible says, As the north wind drives away rain, so an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. The Bible says that the north wind, the clouds have gathered, it's about to rain. When the north wind blows, what it does is that it drives the rain away. The same way an angry countenance drives away a backbiting tongue. What is a countenance? A countenance is a facial expression. When, when, when Cain and Abel gave an offering to God, and God accepted Abel's offering, and Cain was able to kill Abel, what happened was that when God, God accepted his brother's offering, the Bible says his countenance fell. It means his face changed. Yeah, he dropped like low battery. Or flat battery. So the Bible says that a backbiting tongue, which is a tongue that backbites. To backbite means to speak evil about somebody behind them. Now, one thing about people who backbite you is that it means you are one step ahead of them. At least. At least. At least. At least. Because they have to be behind you to bite you. So, that, that, I mean... Yeah, I mean, let, let's not even go. It's a sign that you are ahead of them. So, tell all our backbiters that we know we are ahead of them. They are confirming it. Yeah. Now, somebody who speaks evil about the church, about the leadership of the church, is an agent sent by the devil to spew poison into the church. And I told you. That I told you two weeks ago that these demons they use church members. So sometimes in the church you have people and they speak evil about the leadership of the church, the church, everything. And even this choir, the way they are doing, I don't even think that why is Rev letting them clap for them. Even on Sunday, our choir, what's the name of the Sunday choir? Tulips. Even the tulips, we have been there since Moses was born. I mean, up to today, we have been singing. Rough when it comes on Sunday, never says anything like this about us. But when he saw the, the olives, he has taken a picture of Santo Bishop Larry. Sometimes you have people around who talk like that. And why is it clapping for Madeline? Even within the song that Madeline sang, whether they and didn't you go to school? Don't you speak English? The song is in English, Baba. Uh, so you have people around like that who just talk like that. So I, even this song is Cinderella has been stuck in a stuck on the got this feeling that I'm feeling to feel that I'm feeling again. But I'm on my way. Why is it Latin? Why is it Latin? Um this Papa Mena girl sing this song. Is it Cinderella who wrote the song? Cinderella, I asked her to sing the song. Why can't I ask another person to sing the song? The corner next week, just sing the song. Okay, yeah. Sing it after church. Okay. What a shock. Yeah. 
So you have people in the church like that who criticize everything that is done in the church. Why is my baby shower over your baby shower? Why was your baby shower not? I mean, all kinds of things. Now, how do we drive this out of the church? Very simple, with a facial expression. Some of us have become Can I use custodians or recipients? Thank you, my wife. You went to a good school. Recipients. Yeah, my wife went to Wesley Girls. That's why. Recipients of these criticisms. And the reason why we have become recipients of these criticisms is that. My wife, tonight when I get to my mask, because I'm using a lot of words. A lot of big words. No, don't blame me. I'm, being, I've come, I'm coming from graduation. I've gone to two graduations today. You can imagine. So, the words say, I've been listening to lecturers and vice chancellors and chancellors. No, no. They've been saying, cum laude, summa cum laude. Huh. After somebody came to ask me, please, that word they were saying, what does it mean? I said, okay, I'm going to explain to you. <laughs> They were even singing Gadia Mush. Somebody said, oh, it's an African song. I said, hey. <laughs> but you are saying, hey, but you don't even know Gadia Mush. What was I saying? Some of you have become recipient because when they are telling you the thing, instead of being bold and taking a stand, you start to smile. Hey. Oh, really? Okay. We'll do something about it. Okay, thank you very much. Hey. You have to have a... F- you see, the north wind is your face. Your face is the north wind. You have to position yourself in a way that if you have a criticism, you can't come and say it whilst I'm here. We, the church members, we are the first defense line of the church. So somebody can say, uh, says Pastor Spa, even over the, the alatum sitting in the front of the church. Immediately, you have to turn on the north wind face. Do you get it? And so you are here, then you, then you say, pardon me? What, what, what did you say? Yeah. I mean, what, what, what did you say? You say what? What are you saying? You say what? Yeah. If you are bold, say what you are saying again. Yeah. If we don't let that, disloyal people, I mean, sometimes even if you are a lady, you can just remove your wig so that the person knows that. Say what you are saying. I mean, say what you are saying again. You say what? What were you saying? They will say that you are serious. Yeah. You, you say Elder Joel, she, she what? What, what did, I'm coming. Let me take off my shirt. You say what? I'm, you, I'm coming. Then you start taking off your earrings. <laughs> then you take off your shoes. 
then you start doing some push-ups. Say what you ask. Uh, you say what um what what did you say? Say it, let's hear you. If you are bold, say it. Yeah. I'm very I'm, I am very serious. Because it will surprise you that this beautiful church that we are in, we have people in the church who spew out these comments. And some of you have accommodated them for too long. For too long. For too long. You just stand there doing nothing. You have to tell, this thing you are saying, I'll tell Rev. Before the cock crows, I'll tell Rev. Same time. I just want you to know what you are saying. Rev will know by tomorrow. Before the cock crows in the morning, Rev will know. Yeah. Yeah. Without that, church members, we will be sitting here and then we'll let these people spew poison into the system and spoil this beautiful church that we have. I mean, look at me. Do you think you can come and tell me something funny about Bishop Larry? I mean, if you look at the way, to start with, I'm bigger than you. To start with, before we even go to town, I'm bigger than you. Yeah. Yeah. Before you start talking. Yeah. Recently, I told somebody, the person was saying something, I said, look, you are fortunate you are on my left. I would have slapped you into Zimbabwe. You will understand how life is. I mean, after the slap, when you wake up, you will be in Zimbabwe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you understand. We must learn. You see, all of you, I mean, some of you just want to be nice. I think if I can even talk about only this, I'll be happy. Some of you want to be nice. I, it's like, I'm nice to everybody. Nice. Meanwhile, the person is destroying the church. But you want to be Miss Nice. Or Mr. Nice. Yeah. No more Mr. Nice guy. Being nice is not one of the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. You have to take a stand. You have to take a stand. I say, listen. As for my church, you don't say such a thing. If you don't like it, you know something. The door is a double door. You can go out. Another exit here. You can go out. But don't come and criticize what we are. Eh, But if there's something wrong, shouldn't I say? I I told you a few weeks ago, if there's something wrong, help to solve it. Help to solve it. Help to solve it. Let us all... I want want to see everybody's north wing face. Please, Pastor Spar, give me a... This face is too nice. Give me a north wing face. Sometimes you have to even give your wife the north wing face. No, please. Practice your north wing. This this is a good one. Yeah. uh You see? Yeah. That type of face. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies, if you don't know how to make a north wing face, use your makeup to draw a north wing face on your face and move around with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, if that day you are happy, you tell them, we will laugh tomorrow. Don't worry, we will laugh tomorrow. Yeah. Number two. The second way, the second key we need as a church to create a culture. I said, a culture is a way of thinking. And there's a way we must think as a church. If you can think that way, you will never say the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is a free gift from me to you. It's better than giving you 500 rands. 
If you can think that way, you will never say anything wrong about the church again. Yeah. A way of thinking and a way of doing things. Simple. Key number two is called the key of constant pruning. To prune means to remove impurities from something or to remove unwanted things from something. As a church, we must constantly prune the church and remove disloyal elements from the church. Yeah, from the church. Two ways. Number one, you yourself, as I'm preaching this, I'm talking about independence radio, you can see tendencies in you. Stop arguing with me. It's Tuesday evening. Stop arguing with me. Tell yourself, tell yourself that, listen, hey, this point doesn't apply to me, but this one, it looks like it's too close for comfort. And then you take your scissors and you remove it from your system. You take your, maybe you are here, you like to say, I mean, it's like your mind works in the negative. There are some people who are like that, especially like melancholics are like that. Do you get it? They only, if they look at the stage with this, our nice banners. Do you get it? They will say that, ah, because of where this one is, we can't see this other one. That's the only thing they can. So the whole evening, instead of appreciating what they can see, they will be worried about the one they can't see. The whole evening. Meanwhile, somebody also is sitting in the church. He said, ah, wow. Last week when I came, there was nothing. Now there's four. One, two, three, four. I like it. Then after church, when he comes, oh, there was a fifth one also. Even better. Even better. But melancholics are like that. So always see the negative. Maybe naturally, that's how you are made up. So you only see the negative things around. And then before you can say Jack Robinson, you have spewed it out. Constant pruning means you start to take it out. Start to take. The more we prune, the more we get better. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the vine, here are the branches. My father is the husband. Any tree that beareth fruit, beareth not fruit, he take it away. And any tree that beareth fruit, he purges it, which means he takes out the impurity so that it will bring forth much fruit. Purging is not an evil thing. Pruning is not a, it makes you better. Let me explain to you further, brothers who cut your hair. If you were to leave your hair to grow as it wants to, you will realize that you will have a certain look that can pass for a horror movie. Yeah, by the next time we see you have become Shembe. Anyway. But we prune, we prune, we prune, we prune, constant pruning. Recently, somebody asked me, how come you always look fresh? I said, there's a secret. Should I tell you the secret? I have a face in my wardrobe. When I'm going, I take it, I put it on like the max. Then I put it on. Then I said, somebody stop me smoking. (laughs) Somebody stop me smoking. No. Constant, I cut my hair every week. Yeah. I don't wake up like this. <laughs> After seven days, 
I begin to see some things where I don't want. So every seven days I cut my hair. Yeah. What, what am I saying? Constant pruning, constant pruning, constant pruning, constant pruning. Every day. Every day I remove something from my face. If I leave my face, my face will become something else. You say, hey, Dracula. Yeah. The same way as a church, to have the church as it is and let the church work nicely, we have to constantly prune. Const- I mean, Zolulio also cuts his hair every week, anyway, by the way. Constant, constant pruning. Constant pruning. So, you yourself, prune things from yourself. It's, look, it's a good practice. Sometimes I listen to, like this comes that bishop is preaching. I mean, some hot things that he's saying. When I look at it, I have to take this thing out of myself. I have to take this thing from my way of life. I have to take this thing, I have to take this thing, I have to take this thing out. Constant pruning makes you better. As a church, we must prune constantly. See, this lawyer element, we remove it. This lawyer element, we remove it. Number three, my time is up. Number three, the key of creating fire. Constant pruning, a little living, living at the whole lamb. First Corinthians 5, 6. It says, a little living, a little living, living at the whole lamb. It means the living is little, old, but if you leave it, you don't cut it out. By the time you realize it has spread, the whole church has a cancer. It's like cancer. By the time you realize it has spread all over the place. Just one disloyal person. If you don't arrest the person quickly, by the time you realize that person has spread his or her disloyalty, depending on the gender of the disloyalty, all over the church. Yeah. Disloyalty is like fornication. If you live by time, you realize everybody is fornicating. Yeah. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. If you don't arrest it quickly, it's a spirit. They come to stand in the, Then they sing. What are some of them? Stuck on you. I got this feeling that I'm feeling inside. They feel too feel again. By the time you realize she has spread the demon across, everybody is sleeping around. Yeah. So you arrest it quickly and deal with it and quench it at once. Restrict it and bind it from spreading. Disloyalty is like that. So if we don't prune constantly, oh, you'll be shocked. Number three, create fire. The key of creating fire. In Acts 28, the Bible says, Paul found himself on an island and he gathered sticks and he decided to make fire. But when he lit the fire, verse 3, the Bible says, and a viper came out of the sticks. So as Paul was holding the sticks, each of them was a stick until he lit a fire. Suddenly, one of the sticks was a snake. Yeah, disguised as a stick. In an organization where there are people, people can pretend. Yeah, people can pretend. People can pretend. Hey, Rev, we love you very much. If you didn't come, we didn't know what is going to happen to us. You are the love of our life. And what, 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 what,
we hate you. No, it's better. It's better. Oh, you are an answered prayer. But we will know where you really stand when you are under pressure. When you are under pressure. And fire brings pressure. Then when the pressure is on you, what is really in your heart comes out. Yeah. It comes out. Then we know, oh, really? That's what you thought. Pressure from family. Pressure from school. Pressure from home. Who know where you really? I mean, those of you are here, students all over here, we are clapping, we are all happy. I was explaining to Bishop yesterday that the way our campus church has changed is so unbelievable. I feel that we are now going to explode into real growth. I was explaining to and I was giving him my reasons why. Why I am saying what I'm saying. So maybe we have not seen growth in numbers in a while, but the makeup of the church has changed in a way that when we start to grow, oh, nobody can stop us. I was explaining to him why it is so. But exams is coming soon. I said, exams is coming when we will know what is really in your heart. We are writing exams. I can't come for first lap. Look, two hours of coming to church a week. What can it change? What's your name, James? It's good. Powerful. What can it change? Good. It's also very good. What can it change? Two hours of coming to church. Come to church weekday service. One and a half hours. You are gone. Come to first love two hours in the evening. Come to church two hours in them. How much will it change? It won't move you from a, a first class, a second class upper to a second class lower. It won't. It won't. It won't. But you see, exams will come. So we are under pressure. You know, Joel, I'm writing you, sir, because I'm, as though we have not written before. I mean, Joel, do you know that they think we have not written before? I mean, we went to the school and then they just gave us the degrees. And we left. At least you are a staff member, so we don't know how you got your degree. But those of us who are not staff members, we got it by merit. I mean, if you are a staff member, I mean, you have, you have, you have options. Yeah, you know the lecturers, you know people who know the lecturers. You work for some of the lecturers. Sometimes you type in the results. I mean... We can't tell. But those of us, Zolile, those of us who were not staff members, sometimes they think that we didn't write exams. One exam you are writing, which you knew you are going to write way in advance. Way in advance. You see, then people have changed. Pressure, fire. Yeah. Yeah. Number four. Number four. The key of working with willing people only. This one is a bomb. You need time. Working with willing people only. As a pastor, because of this thing, I work with just a group of people. Yeah, I just work with willing people. And sometimes I'm discussing things with my wife. There are only about five names that come to our minds. Yeah. I mean, for fine protocol, I can't mention in the church. One starts with L, another one starts with Z, another one starts with Y, another one starts with J. It's finished. 
J for Jehovah. It's finished. It's like, I can tell you, it's about only five. Yeah. So sometimes you say to them, I say, oh, but she's doing a lot of things. But the real question, if you don't ask her to do, who are you going to ask to do it? Recently, I was with Yvonne, and I was discussing something. Then she told me she's on leave. I said, come back from the leave. I said, you are, you are on what leave? Come back from the leave. Because, I mean, if you don't ask her to do it, who else are you going to ask to do it? So she was smiling, but I said, well, you are the one who's going to do it anyway. As you are smiling and going, you are going to do it. <laughs> you, why did you think I was discussing it with you? You are the one who's going to do it. I sent her a message yesterday. I said, are you not tired of Ghana? It's too much. Come back. Come back. It's finished. Come back. I said, look. Should I mention the one starts with, the other one starts with, the other one starts with, the other one starts with. It's and I said the last one is JJ for Jehovah. That's all. You can't ask anybody else. Because when you start to ask, then you start to hear stories. You start, it's like, small thing we are asking you to do, it's becoming an argument. It's okay. I prefer to ask the person who will just say, when do you want it done? And then we start to run. May you develop an attitude that makes it able for you to be asked to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And pastor, but I am very, I am very, very willing about you'll never ask me. Maybe you have not positioned yourself in such a way that we can see that you are willing. Yeah. Yeah. I said once that's with JJ for Jehovah. <laughs> Sometimes you see you have sent the same person home. Then you call the person, hey, where are you? If you are the type, when I call you, my first question is, where are you? You are in that group. Yeah, my first question. It's not how are you, how's your mother, how's your grandmother. Zama likes to send good morning, Rev. When I send my message, it comes with the instructions straight. Whether it's morning, do you know the time that I thought of what I'm going to send? If I say good morning, is it morning at that time? So I just go straight to the point. Then now, now Zaman will start. Good morning, Rev. I'm very fine. Uh, it's all good. It's all so powerful. Yeah. The first thing that comes, where are you? No, now, how's your mother? How's your mother-in-law? Hey. How's the weather where you are? It's becoming a negotiation. No, no, no. no. Straight. Yeah. Straight. Become a willing person. I said, become a willing person. Become a willing person. How many have I given you? Final one is the last one. Constant teaching against disloyalty. Constant teaching. That's why this series is for 12 weeks. Constant teaching. First Corinthians 8 12, the Bible says, If the first be a willing man. That's work with willing people. If they first, be, I, I said, bring people, let them come and sing. They brought somebody, come and sing. I said, sing. Person sang a song. Eh, what's the name of the song? Okay, let me not sing it. Sang a song. When the person finished singing the song, I said, okay, go and work on that song. Let's say, the next day I met the person, I said, sing the song. I said, I don't know how to sing. A song that you sang yourself to me. I said, I don't know how to sing. I said, stop wasting my time. I, they came to tell me, can we? I said, don't waste my time. Let me be sitting here and let the person come to me and say, Rev, I want to sing. Then I'll let you sing. Until, until then, you can have the best voice in the world. If you are not willing, we can't do anything with you. I mean, this girl who's singing, 
as I was listening to her today, I mean, she doesn't, don't tell her I told you, she doesn't have a great voice. No, don't tell her. No, I was sitting here listening to her myself. She doesn't have a great voice. She just has a willing attitude. And that's how I found Madeline. Her voice was not that fantastic, but she was willing. As she kept doing it, doing it, doing it, she got it. When she doesn't sing, I, I don't even feel like preaching. Yeah. The same way, a willing attitude. By the time she will sing, she will sing, she will sing. By the time you realize, pa, she got it. She got it. Willing attitude. Says, uh, come and sing. Uh, I don't feel like my stomach, my back, my head, my stomach, my back, my head, my stomach, my back, my. No, 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 no. I had a teacher in school. He would tell you, my head, my head, my stomach, my stomach, my head, my head, my stomach, my stomach. I had another science teacher, he would tell you, turn your back and let me hit your stomach. <laughs> yeah, so what so, uh, I'm having menstrual parole. Look, look, let's be serious. Do you know how many people are having menstrual period as we are sitting in church this evening? Don't, don't bring yourself. Don't bring yourself. I mean, do you know how many brothers are in the church? <laughs> now, the reason why we must teach against disloyalty always is that sometimes people are just ignorant of it. They don't even know what they are doing. And by the time they realize they are caught into it, they realize they are caught. They didn't know. They didn't know. Bible says 200 people followed Absalom into his disloyalty. They didn't know what was at stake. The Bible says, and they knew not what was afoot. They didn't know why. They didn't even know why Absalom was going where he was going. But they saw him riding a horse, chanting, and they all started to ta 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 ta. They were just following him. They didn't know why he was on strike. But they were just following him. Just following him. And tomorrow I hear there's a strike. And some people will follow the strike not knowing why the people are striking. Yeah. So tomorrow, please be careful. Yeah. So sometimes people don't know. I work with so many people. I teach them so many things. You can't wear slippers to a Tuesday service. It's like slippers. You have come. You are checking what you are wearing. That's how life is. You can't. I mean, we dress casual, but... Yes, yeah, be casual, but add a little style to the casual. So you teach them. Recently, somebody was giving me something. I think it, I was heated that day. Then the person was giving me something. The person was holding it in their left. And then I said, put it in your right and give it to me. I told the person, put it in your right. And then I said, give it to me nicely. You work for me, I don't work for you. Give it to me nicely. Thank you. Somebody asked me a question last Saturday. He said, tell me what you think about me. I said, if I tell you, you can stop coming to the church. So please tell me. I said, okay. Since you are asking, then I increase the speed at which I'm driving so that the person can't jump out. Yeah. So I said, you are lazy. Let me tell you the truth. You are lazy. Not you. I mean, you are lazy. You are lazy. 
I said, yes, you are lazy. So the person said, so how did you know? Then I gave the person. Do you remember A, B, C, D? I said, yes, that's when I saw that you are lazy. After that, the next opportunity the person had. I mean, the person came to, let me, I don't think I want to tell this story here. But the next opportunity the person had, the person started to fix something based on what I told the person. I said, this girl will do well. I said to myself, this girl will do well. This girl will do well. If you don't teach people things, they will not know. They will not know. Do you think you'll be brushing your teeth every morning if you do? Your mother taught you. Yeah. Your mother taught you. If you don't teach people, they will not know things. Teach people. This thing, this is what it means. Sometimes people don't even know the meaning of their actions. So you teach them. So constantly... As we teach, so those of you who are shepherds, ministry shepherds, but center leaders, you get an opportunity to teach, teach your people. That's why I get so worked up when people have the chance to teach and they do otherwise. It's like you have, you have a chance to teach a group of people and you don't, you, don't, you don't even think you should teach them. You don't value, you do something else. I get so worked up because the reason is that they will become what you teach them. So if you teach them nothing, they'll become nothing. If you teach them something, they'll become something. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, if you teach them nothing. I, I, look, I have, I have taught so many people how to be gentlemen. I, take, I don't take it for granted. It's a solo, so leave him to be like that. No. You teach them. So that's how he is. Well, you teach them. I teach them. Do this, don't do this, don't wear this color with this color. It doesn't work, even in the name of color blocking. It doesn't work. when color blocking was up. I advise people, you know, color blocking is just like they decided that those people who dress funnily, we are just going to give them a chance to feel good about themselves for a season. When the season passes. Ten years later, you will see a picture of yourself like that. And you will wish you never wore that. Yeah. You ask yourself, what was I thinking? Yeah. I have taught people, you don't take deodorant and put it on your shirt. I've People, you don't put perfume in your clothes, you put it on your skin. On your skin, I've told people before, you didn't know. I'm telling you now because I want my dress to smell nice. Off. From that time, no matter how much you wash the dress, the dress is still smelling. You put it on your skin. On your skin. You teach people things, if you don't teach them, they won't know. So let's learn to teach people, and especially let's teach against disloyalty. Or as they say in Zimbabwe, against disloyalty. Against. 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 So you should be prepared to enjoy the series on these seven demons because we are going to tackle all the seven aspects 
of disloyalty before we bring this service to a close. Stand to your feet, let's share a word of prayer. Lift your hands and just pray for yourself quickly. Pray, say, Lord, help me to obey your word. 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 Help me. Help me to develop and help us as a church to develop a culture of allegiance. A culture of belonging. A culture of being part of this body in the name of Jesus. Take out every disloyal element from our midst. That which is within us, take it out, prune it, cut it off, that we will be pet and proper vessels for your use. We give you glory. We give you, Lord, prepare me. We give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you. Lift your hands just. Thank you, Lord. Pure and Thank you, Lord. Prepare us, Lord. Prepare us. Prepare us, Lord. Tonight, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. 
I don't want to go to hell when I die. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand wherever you are. I want to pray with you. Pastor, please, I don't want to go to hell when I die. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you quickly, quickly before we go home. I don't want to go to hell when I die. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you quickly before we go. If your right hand is up, come to me in the front. Let me pray with you. Lift that up your hand. Just come to me. Let me pray with you. Quickly, quickly. Quickly, 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 quickly. Come, let me pray with you quickly. You lifted up your hand. Don't be shy. Just come quickly. Let me pray with you. My dear sister, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Pray it with me, please. Say, dear Lord Jesus. I come to you tonight. Just as I am. I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe you died for me. And rose again. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Clap for her. Clap for her. We believe you have been blessed by this life transforming message by Reverend Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street. Peter Madsburg or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.